Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Folks, we're teetering on what could be an economic meltdown, threatening to wash away our savings and retirement. Inflation has surged to levels unseen in 40 years. Gold is the smartest and most responsible investment you can make for you and your family in times like these. A safe haven asset that protects your purchasing power and your wallet from inflation. When it comes to protecting your IRA or 401k, trust only the best. My friends at Allegiance Gold. Allegiance Gold has earned the highest trust ratings in the precious metals industry and builds relationships based on integrity, expertise, and impeccable service. Get up to $5,000 in free silver on a qualifying purchase when you visit protectwithlou.com today or give them a call at 844-6484-LOU. Don't wait. Take control of your retirement today. Call 844-6484. 84-L-O-U and speak with one of their experts. Time is of the essence. Protect your future with Allegiance Gold. Visit protectwithlou.com or call 844-648-4LOU. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs. Welcome to The Great America Show. Thanks for being here. Great to have you with us. Israel and Hamas have agreed to a ceasefire to release hostages The arrangement reportedly will secure the release of as many as 80 of the 239 hostages taken by Hamas in the October 7th massacre. In return, Israel will release 150 Palestinian women and children to Hamas. It is always a good thing to hear of hostages being released, but four days in which to release fewer than 250 people is unquestionably excessive. To put it in perspective, An international airliner carries 250 people, and all of those passengers can be loaded and then unloaded in one hour. A four-day pause would give Hamas terrorists a wide-open window in which to wreak havoc once again on Israel. In other foreign policy news, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen is weighing in, suggesting funding schools in Ukraine is an essential matter of national security. It's a critical priority for the president and critical to the national security of our country. Um, I can't prognosticate about the timetable on this. Um, I'm pleased that Congress has passed legislation to keep the government open and running. But it really is essential that uh, this aid be provided both to Israel and to Ukraine. We can't allow uh, Ukraine to... Um, lose a battle uh, on the home front because it lacks enough money to keep uh, school teachers in the classroom and first responders on the job when it's fighting valiantly um, on on the battlefield. So uh, Ukraine is utterly dependent on this aid. You know, Janet Yellen is a very good economist. She isn't coming up with this nonsense about national security by herself. 
The Biden regime talking points that she has to parrot must be appalling to her. The aid package she's referring to is the $105 billion of security aid Zelensky asked for, or as we might better call it, blackmail payments for Hunter Biden. We have American children in very big trouble in this country's schools, and Yellen is talking about Ukraine. I want to give you some numbers put up by the National Assessment for Educational Purposes from this year. About a third of our students in the youngest grades are behind on reading. Only a third of fourth graders are proficient at grade-level math. Eighth graders' history scores are the lowest on record since the assessment was started back in 1994. And lastly, every single state experienced teacher shortages in at least one subject last year. And Yellen is worried about Ukraine. What is wrong with this administration? Newly obtained January 6 footage by congressional investigators show undercover cops in the crowd conducting surveillance on that day. Congressional investigators have obtained hours of video footage from undercover officers who were dispatched by the D.C. Metropolitan Police Department to the U.S. Capitol to conduct electronic surveillance in the events of January 6. The footage reveals at times officers exhorting the rioters to climb scaffolding near the Capitol or talking about being undercover with liberal fascist protesters in a crowd. In one of the videos, one of the law enforcement officers can be heard saying, well, we go undercover as Antifa in the crowd. This new footage is aside from the 44,000 hours released by Speaker Mike Johnson. Our guest today has been reporting on January 6th thoroughly, from court cases to the actual events on that day. Joining us is Julie Kelly. Julie is investigative reporter and writer for Real Clear Investigations. And Julie, great to have you with us as always. You know, it's time for truth and accountability. The January 6th committee, we all knew at the time, was a sham. But this much of a sham, I really didn't know. Give us your sense of just how bad it is. Well, I think, you know, this video that has been released is just the beginning of the dam breaking on the prevailing January 6th carefully crafted stagecraft, I guess you could say, of January 6th that was created by not just the January 6th committee, but of course, the Department of Justice, Joe Biden, Merrick Garland, and the corporate national news media that this was a deadly violent insurrection incited by Donald Trump. Uh, that almost resulted in the overthrowing of our democracy, whatever that means. So now people for the first time, of course, I've seen a lot of this video, but the American public are seeing for the first time videos of people peacefully walking around the building with police standing by. They're seeing police standing by open doors as dozens, if not hundreds of protesters stream into the building unimpeded, fist bumping and chatting with police. There's a lot more of that video, by the way, that that will be forthcoming, um, but also just questionable things as to why someone who was accused of assaulting police officers and carrying a knife, why is he let go after being handcuffed and detained? And you see him fist bumping someone who looks like an undercover police officer. So just so many more questions raised uh, by these videos and just overall, the American people want the truth. And the Democrats, the J6 committee, Joe Biden and the DOJ 
certainly do not want the truth to be told. It's really that straightforward. Uh, everybody's looking for the truth. Uh, and now we're going to have it because of uh, Mike Johnson, the Speaker of the House, actually getting these videos out uh, in a meaningful way uh, so that people will at some point have the story. But as we look at this January 6th committee, it is it is without question what we claimed it was at the time, a, a Stalinist uh, agiprop. Uh, pretending uh, that it was seeking justice against uh, the nefarious uh, patriots who were just simply celebrating with Donald Trump. I, I love this. The, the people who say, oh, no, that was insurrection. That was terrible. And they haven't proved that in any single instance. And I don't care whether you're talking about the Proud Boys or the whatever. Uh, there was no one there that I can see that they established was trying to overthrow uh, the federal government. Did I miss something? No, not at all. No one was there to overthrow the government. Even those who were involved in sort of heated group chats beforehand, you know, talking about taking their government back or references to 1776, things like that, that were used as incriminating evidence, not just free speech or guys, you know, blowing off steam about the election, but as proof that, say, the Proud Boys plan to go to Washington without weapons, by the way, uh, and and storm Congress and install Donald Trump or keep him in office as the president. It's all absurd. But the January 6th Select Committee, of course, had unlimited resources. They hired a former ABC News television producer to, you know, animate all of their storylines. The final report solely fixated on the role of Donald Trump. The investigation and there were even complaints by investigators tasked to the committee. There were complaints that uh, investigations into security and law enforcement failures were buried in an appendix in this report. Think about this, Lou. The January 6th Select Committee did not even interview FBI Director Christopher Wray. How can you have a legitimate investigation into what they call a domestic terror attack without sitting down with the FBI director, speaking directly to him and having him answer questions? That right there is a huge red flag that this was never a serious effort. It was to do two things, uh, blame the events of January 6th on Donald Trump and cover up many other aspects of January 6th, whether you want to believe it's failures of security or intentionally leaving the Capitol insecure so you could have government and other actors, provocateurs, uh, uh, provoke the events of what happened that afternoon. Well, you know, we can't settle the question, but we do have evidence uh, that there was uh, provocateurs at work, uh, whether it would be the FBI. We know there were at least dozens. We can't put a number on it because we can't get hard evidence as to the number. But we do know there were some. Uh, and it looks like a great number of those uh, FBI agents there. Uh, we saw ghost bu uh, buses rolling in. Uh, we've and we've seen this technique before, obviously used by the FBI uh, and other agencies. We know that there were uh, local police, uh, metropolitan or capital police, undercover showing badges. It is disgusting 
when you see the video that shows those cops literally waving uh, those uh, those quote unquote rioters uh, and quote unquote insurrectionists into the, into the Capitol, inviting them. They were they weren't simply not uh, p- putting up a barrier against them. They were inviting them into the Capitol. They were, and there are many instances of seeing not just Capitol Police waving people in, but you could see them kind of leading them around. We saw this surveillance video when Tucker Carlson broadcast it related to Jacob Chansley, the so-called QAnon shaman. Mm -hmm. You see police officers who were speaking with Jacob right when he entered in that um, Senate uh, side door saying, you can protest, it has to be peaceful. Then they continue to lead him throughout various areas of the building. He, of course, entered the Senate chamber. They never attempted to arrest him. They never told him or anyone around him that they were breaking the law, that they weren't supposed to be there. Uh, They didn't attempt to arrest him, certainly. But they all waited until the event was over so they could continue this nationwide dragnet for January 6th defendants, which is going on to this day. They are still arresting people. We saw last week the armed FBI raid of Gregory Yetman in New Jersey, Um, a man accused of spraying uh, police officers with pepper spray, which he didn't. I have this on my Substack. The video totally contradicts that. So they're continuing to round up now, Lou, more than 1,200 Americans uh, in an effort to, of course, go after Donald Trump. His trial starts uh, on March 4th related to January 6th, but also to criminalize political dissent, shut down any questions about the 2020 election, and more importantly, warn people, if you protest, demonstrate, even attempt to investigate, file lawsuits, do anything about the 2024 election, this is what could happen to you. Right. That was clearly a warning to every Republican, every conservative, every patriot, every Trump supporter. Don't come to your nation's capital because we will put you behind bars uh, and we will frame you. We will do whatever is necessary and we will have every left wing Marxist judge over over uh, sentence you for every prosecutor who over uh, charges you. And the result will not be pleasant. Just ask those who remain in the D.C. gulags. Uh, it is outrageous. And I can't talk about this without just my blood boiling uh, to think that uh, the way the Marxist left that has taken over this government uh, is behaving, uh, conducting themselves and and just shredding the Constitution and the rights of 1,200 U.S. citizens. We're talking with investigative reporter, great American, Julie Kelly. Stay with us. We're coming right back. Uh, A lot to talk about with Julie next. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We're back now with uh, Julie Kelly. And Julie, as you watch what's happening, you've covered every, it seems, every moment of this ordeal uh, from the very beginning. Uh, Is there any hope that the American people understand what all of us who've covered any aspect of the story understand, which is the Marxist Dems control every department of the federal government. They control every agency of the federal government. Uh, And and I don't know what to do. I can't find a solution to this because the courts are dominated by Marxist judges, the, the attorneys, both representing and uh, prosecuting in this, are out of law schools where they have been indoctrinated by Marxists. How do we get to uh, to the just a, a simple recognition of the rights of these people who are imprisoned as prisoners of war of the left, and 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 do something about it? Because now it's gone on for just about three years, and. There's very little progress to show for asserting the Constitution and uh, getting these people out of this horrific uh, uh, gulag. So number one, Lou, as I write on my Substack, Declassified with Julie Kelly, is that Republicans, and I've called for this for a long time, but now that they have power, they need to create their own January 6th committee. And they need to not just expose the cover-up, the concealment of evidence, the destruction of evidence that the old House Democrat January 6th committee is responsible for, releasing all the videos, forcing these officials, whether it's Christopher Ray, Matthew Graves, the D.C. U.S. attorney, um, Merrick Garland, others, to publicly testify to defend their selective political prosecution of January 6th defendants, while at the same time, completely memory holing the events that happened just a few months before January 6th, the months-long riots in Washington, D.C. that resulted in the destruction of federal property and assaults on federal police officers, same charges brought against January 6th defendants. But Lou, to your point, the real villains here, and I've said this over and over, and every time I'm in that D.C. courthouse, I have to pick my job off the floor. I cannot believe what I'm hearing from these judges. They are the villains. Congress needs to reclaim its constitutional authority over the federal judiciary. When was the last time a judge was impeached? I could name off six federal judges in Washington that should undergo impeachment proceedings for abusing their power in office, selectively prosecuting people, and failing to uphold the oath of their office, which is to protect the rights of defendants against government overreach. Let me tell you a quick story, Lou, and it's not the kids out of law school. This is Judge Royce Lamberth, a Reagan-appointed judge who would rather die in office like Dianne Feinstein than relinquish his tiny corner of power in Washington. He uses a walker. He can't get up and out of his chair without help. He's barely audible. People have to keep asking him to repeat himself. Last week, I said during two days of jury selection for a man from Washington who faces numerous offenses for January 6th, Judge Lamberth, before the day jury selection started, told the man he was guilty 
told him he was going to prison, didn't understand why he did not accept the government's plea deal because others who had been charged on the same evidence were convicted and gone to jail. That's what he told a man we're supposed to presume is innocent until being proven guilty. That is that is not what judges are supposed to do. That's just one tiny egregious example on top of so many. So the judges are the villains here and Congress needs to do something about that. And they they can't, uh, even if they bring the charges, uh, the the rancidly corrupt uh, leadership of the U.S. Senate is not going to be impartial or unbiased. Uh, this is not a uh, the impeachment itself is not a solution uh, simply because it can't go very far. Uh, and I don't know how to overcome the the takeover of our government by the Marxist Dems. Right now, they own every card, they've got every lever, and they've got every advantage, don't they? They do. Um, Congress does, aside from impeachment, and I would just like the process, like they say about defendants, the process is the punishment. Well, let's put these judges you know, on trial. Let's put them before the American people and have them explain why they have a different set of pre-trial -deten pre detention rules for a specific group of political prisoners, something that's never happened in American history before. But also they have the power of the purse. Lou, the Marxism in our country is located in three places, three power centers in Washington. The U.S. Attorney's Office for the District of Columbia, the Washington FBI Field Office, and the D.C. federal court system. They need to defund all three of them. Any political trial investigation needs to be moved out of Washington, D.C. You should not have a Washington FBI field office whose sole job we know has been to go after Donald Trump, his cabinet members, congressmen who are in support of him, his associates, now his voters. That is the, that is the center of evil, are those three agencies. Washington should not have those three, and we certainly should not be paying for Matthew Graves, a Biden appointee, the Democrat D.C. U.S. attorney, to continue to this day round up American citizens, investigate them, prosecute them, put them on trial, and throw them in jail that we federal taxpayers are paying for. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And, I, and, I, and as you talk about these judges, uh, watching the judicial system, one of the most, uh, I, I think, if it were not for the seriousness of it, the the New York judge in charge of the civil trial uh, going after the Trump organization, uh, his the president's attorneys move for a mistrial. And guess who decides whether or not there's been a mistrial? It's Judge Engeron. Arthur Ingeron, the judge presiding over that case, is going to decide impartially, I'm sure, uh, what the, the outcome will be. Let me just read a couple of words. Uh, judge Arthur Ingeron said he was refusing to even allow arguments on the mistrial motion because the premises of the motion in his august judgment were flawed and it would be, quote, futile. The judge described Trump's rationale for halting the trial to be uh, disingenuous, quote, uh, quote, bad faith and, quote, nonsensical. Now, that sounds like a man that's being absolutely impartial, doesn't it? I, I mean, th this is madness we're watching unfold. Uh, we're going to uh, continue our conversation with Julie Kelly right after these quick words. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. We're back with Julie Kelly. And just before the break, uh, Judge Ingeron in New York. Uh, the president obviously has a very low opinion of this man, and I think that the judges earned that opinion. Uh, Julie, your thoughts about uh, Engeron and the civil trial and the idea that he would be deciding whether or not there is a mistrial. So I do think that this is sort of why you see the media turning away from this case in New York, because Judge Engeron obviously is a clown. You saw him, you know, mugging for the cameras uh, and and making these outlandish statements during Donald Trump's testimony. And then you have Letitia James, who has really destroyed her own credibility on this because she's such an open partisan, making nasty comments on social media and these highly charged political statements outside the courthouse. So I think this raises the question in a lot of people's minds legitimately uh, that this is purely political theater by the New York uh, attorney general and this this clownish judge. But this also is the case with Tanya Chutkin, Judge Chutkin in Washington. She is handling special counsel Jack Smith's prosecution of Donald Trump related to the events of January 6th. Donald Trump, uh, his team of lawyers filed a lengthy motion asking her to recuse herself based on a lot of inflammatory comments she's made in court, not just about January 6th, but Donald Trump himself. And of course, she is the one who authored the her order denying the recusal motion. So it's sort of like issues like that should go outside of the judge who is being asked to step aside <laughs> because someone else should decide that, not the judge who clearly with Judge Chutkin and Judge Engeron want to hold on to these cases for dear life. They, they apparently do. And Chutkin is an absolute, I mean, it's preposterous. It, it, it's no different than the Ingeron situation. Uh, she She's made all sorts of inflammatory comments about President Trump, both before the trial and uh, uh, less so during the trial. But she's gagged the president of the United States, uh, which is just insane uh, that she has done so. It is on its face an infringement of his First Amendment rights. And he is first and foremost uh, a former president of the United States, the presumptive nominee of the Republican Party for the presidency in 2024. She knows what she's doing and they're and making it very clear. They're interfering in an election and they mean to. 
They do. And Lou, I listened today to, um, of course, that order is on a temporary hold as it's been um, expedited at the D.C. Circuit, the appellate court. And on Monday morning, I listened to the hearing. Three Democrats, you know, they usually go to a three judge panel first, three Democrat appointed judges, two Obama judges, one Biden judge, believe it or not, were listening to uh, arguments on both sides about the legality of the gag order. Uh, you had one judge, Judge Patricia Millett, appointed by uh, Barack Obama, really giving Trump's lawyer a hard time. She also, though, did really press Jack Smith's team, especially as to why the special counsel, think of how thin-skinned you could possibly be, the special counsel asking a judge to prevent Donald Trump and people around him from tweeting mean things about him. That's how preposterous all of this is. Yeah. So, yes, and this is not a narrow gag order, Lou. This is a very broad-based gag order. I am presuming that the appellate court will uphold most, if not all, of it. Uh, and this will probably be headed to the Supreme Court soon. Well, and the gag orders that Ingeron has handed down have been reversed, at least to this point. Uh, and I, and based on what they're saying, here, here's I want to just share with the audience this piece of sophistry and just specious nonsense uh, coming from one of those uh, uh, appointees uh, on the three-judge panel. Quote, labeling it core political speech, end quote, begs the question of whether it is, in fact, political speech. Now, this is a deep-thinking federal judge on the appellate court. She goes on to say, or whether it is political speech aimed at derailing or corrupting the criminal justice system, In quote. Now, in inverse order, corrupting the criminal justice system is a ridiculous statement because it's already corrupt and no better evidence than these uh, uh, D.C. judges and, just, uh, and justices all the way to the Supreme Court, in my opinion. But to go on and tr basically saying that it is now their intent to decide the uh, state of mind uh, of the president of the United States, the former president, uh, the presumptive nominee, and what his mind really uh, was focused on. I, I mean, this is mind reading. Uh, this is ignorance uh, writ large on a federal appellate panel. I, I, what's your reaction? It was really surreal to listen to these three Democratic judges talk about and argue with Trump's attorney about what the former president of the United States and presumptive GOP nominee for president can say on Truth Social about the very people who are prosecuting him. It's just a surreal, and I was actually in the court, too, when uh, Judge Chutkin heard both sides. Uh, you know, of course, Jack Smith going to her asking for this gag order. I was in her courtroom back in, uh, in October listening to this. And to hear the hypotheticals come out of her mouth, certain things that Donald Trump should or shouldn't be able to say. Lou, at one point, Judge Chutkin and the assistant U.S. attorney, Molly Gaston, who's on Jack Smith's team, were discussing whether Donald Trump should be able to say the term crooked Joe Biden during the campaign, yeah. whether that is a way to threaten the criminal justice system, blah, blah, blah. It's just you can't believe that you're hearing this discussion. 
But of course, she did issue that broad gag order. Um, and then you have more judges discussing it today. And the basis of it, their argument, Jack Smith, is that his speech threatens the not just the integrity of the criminal justice system and process here, but could intimidate potential witnesses. Oh, yes. Now we're worried about the emotional state of the, wit <laughs> the witnesses. I, I mean, these are preposterous and silly people. Uh, these are they're they're ineffably contemptible. Uh, it is so disgusting that these people are sitting on a bench anywhere doing anything, uh, let alone corrupting further the judiciary, the federal judiciary. I, I do think we should close, though, Julie, with reminding everybody what uh, good old Justice John Roberts told us all, uh, all of us sweaty, uh, simple-minded uh, citizens uh, who don't really deserve much more than a, a direction sign about where the elites want to go. Uh, he said, and I'm paraphrasing, that the justice system is made up not of Obama judges or uh, Bush judges uh, or Trump judges. No, it's just judges. There's no politics involved. <laughs> and so patting us all on our collective, uh, collectively on our heads uh, and wishing us a, a Merry Christmas. There was Judge John Roberts, obviously living in a, a land of uh, Candy Rock Mountains and uh, Looney Tunes. Uh, it, it's just it is so appalling to see where we are in this country right now, whether we turn to the judiciary, whether we turn to the to the legislature, the Congress and the Senate, or whether we we turn to the White House. We are a nation in deep, deep trouble. We always give our guests the last word, or usually we do that. And certainly for you, Julie, we do. Your concluding thoughts. Well, Lou, thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. All of my work and coverage uh, can be found at my Substack, Declassified with Julie Kelly. I also write for Real Clear Investigations, which is um, part of Real Clear Politics. I'm on Twitter slash X a lot, Julie underscore Kelly, too, where I cover a lot of breaking news on all of these court proceedings and Truth Social, Julie underscore Kelly. And I think uh, we can recommend you highly to no matter the platform or the outlet. Uh, you'll love everything that Julie Kelly does. Julie, we thank you for being with us here today. Always great to talk, uh, to talk with you. And God bless you. You too, Lou. Thanks, everybody, for being with us here today. Our guest tomorrow on The Great America Show is Bernie Moreno. He's running to oust a Marxist dim for a U.S. Senate seat in the great state of Ohio, the seat held by Sherrod Brown who's been in, let's call it, public service for 50 years, 30 of those years as senator from Ohio. Please join us for that here tomorrow. Join us each and every day. Follow me on Twitter and Truth Social at Lou Dobbs. Thanks, everybody. God bless you, and may God bless America.